Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host, Connor, and today we have a very special episode featuring an interview with Ice Barrier, who recently won the very first Memory Gauge podcast anniversary tournament. So we're going to be talking with Ice Barrier about his matchups from the day, his experience with the Digimon card game, and of course that awesome deck list he built that took him to the number one spot. It's a great interview. I learned a lot. Hopefully you will too. So stick around for that. But first, just an announcement. Next week will be our 50th episode of the podcast. It's a huge milestone. I never thought we would make it there. So... I'm super grateful to all of you for supporting the podcast and allowing me to make it to 50 episodes. So to celebrate 50 episodes, I wanted to invite you to help with the writing of that episode. During that episode, I will read out messages from all of you saying why you like the podcast or just wishing us a happy 50th episode. So if you would like your message to be featured in that episode of the podcast, then please send that message again saying why you like the podcast or just wishing us a happy 50th through to us through any of our socials. That's the Facebook page, Twitter, Discord, or through email. Links to all of that will be in the show notes. Make sure that you get those messages in if you want them to be read out on the episode before Friday the 12th of November. After that point, we will be recording the episode. That will be the cutoff point, so no messages will be accepted after that point. So if you would like to have a message read and recorded for posterity in the 50th episode of this podcast. Make sure you get it in before then. And again, thank you so much for supporting us and here's to 50 more episodes. And for our main topic today, very recently... Uh, to celebrate one year of the podcast, we held an anniversary tournament where we had quite a few people participate. It was a really good day. And today we are speaking with the person who managed to take the number one spot, Ice Barrier. So hello, Ice Barrier. Thank you for coming on and congratulations again. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. So uh, yeah, well done on taking first place. <laughs> Very impressive. Did manage to catch a couple of your matches on the stream. It was looking... Yeah, obviously, you did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was uh, running pretty well today, or uh, during the tournament, so yeah. it was pretty good. Awesome. Um, so to start off with, I wanted to get an idea of your experience with the Digimon card game. Clearly, you're fairly good at it but uh how did you come to start playing the digimon card game what's your kind of so so that's actually a pretty funny story so uh back in november or october i heard the first like whispers of a digimon card game and i thought oh that that can't be real i've been waiting for a good digimon card game for years now so i just kind of put it off to the back of my head and then november rolled around and it actually dropped the BT1, the pre-release dropped uh, in my local store. And so I'm just like, oh my God, this is actually real. So I picked up a box and uh, <laughs> uh, it all started out from there. <laughs> wow. So you very early adopter then. Oh, yeah. Right at the start. I've been, 
I've been in this game right at the start of the English adaptation. Nice. So you were then a, you were a fan of Digimon before the card game. Then it sounds like. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was Digimon is one of my most favorite uh, franchises ever. Oh, um, yeah, I love it'd that. be actually it is my favorite, hands down, <laughs> no questions asked. <laughs> nice. So yeah, as soon as the card game dropped, I'm like, I want to get into this. So here I am, one year Excellent. later. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So do you have a favorite Digimon property? Favorite Digimon? What yeah. yeah. Um, so so it's actually one of the reasons why I picked up this style of deck. Uh, my favorite Digimon is actually Golmamon. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, from uh, the what is it? Season one adventures. As soon as I saw Gomamon with Joe, I'm like, all right, this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, listeners obviously will not be able to see this, but your um, your Discord icon appears to be. I'm guessing that's you in a yeah. Gomamon yep. hoodie. So yep, yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's very if cool. you look closely, there's a little cl- uh, crest of reliability right at the chest area. Oh, but, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm a little obsessed. <laughs> so obviously you came to the Digimon card game. Clearly you were a fan of Digimon, but have you played any other card games? Are you like, a, do you consider yourself a card game person, or was it more because it was Digimon that brought you over to the game? Um, so I haven't done any card games competitively previously. Yeah. I dabbled a little bit with Yu-Gi-Oh, and I do Pokemon every now and then for fun, but. Aside from that, no, Digimon's been my first competitive card game. But Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon, it's just been more of like, oh, here's a meme deck, I'll build it <laughs> and have some fun laughs with some, with some friends. Uh, mess some people up with the memes. But <laughs> never really got into the competitive scene for either either game. So yeah, Digimon's really my first super competitive one. Yeah, fair enough. I feel like that might be a fairly common story. I know I've, I love card games, so I've played quite a few in the past, but yeah, Digimon is the first one I've really would call myself, um, competitive in. Like I've played Magic, but mostly Commander, which is very not competitive. It's really mm. a much more casual <laughs> right. kind of a format. So, right. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the nitty gritty. I know people are going <laughs> to, this is what people are tuning in for. <laughs> I love that right. deck tech stuff. So why don't you tell us what deck did you play in the anniversary tournament? Um, I alluded to it earlier, but I I played the uh, Hexablaum on Source Control deck uh, in the anniversary tournament. Um, but a lot of somewhat surprising choices in my list, I think, compared to the other Hexa lists that I've seen. Yeah, I've got it open in front of me, and there are some... Interesting choices that I would definitely like to talk with you about. Um, so why don't you why don't you break the deck down for us? What are you kind of what are you kind of running? Sure. What's it trying to do? For those who sure. maybe don't know, sure, we've been with VT five for a while, so hopefully everybody knows what Hexablam one does. But just in case, yeah. So so the whole purpose of the Hexablam one deck list is to basically strip the Digivolution sources cards from your opponent's Digimon, uh, either by in one whole swing with Hexablamon and a bunch of Sorjos, or a little bit at a time with cards like the Peldramon or the starter deck Zudamon or Chris Peldramon. 
And by doing so, you weaken the opponent's side of the board because you strip them of their inheritable effects, which oftentimes are really, really important to most uh, deck lists. But also it helps your win condition because Hexablamon basically just stuns any Digimon that has no Digivolution cards underneath it. So you weaken their side and you also uh, make your own side a lot stronger. Yeah, so definitely the times I've played against it, it seems like a very controlly kind of a deck. Like you really mm-hmm. are seem to be wanting to not necessarily go fast, but more sort of control what your opponent's able to do. And exactly. Yeah. So taking a look at the list, it looks like you've got some some standard, some non-standard choices. Um, yep. You know, you've uh, got the kind of the Balukumon <laughs> and the Promo Gomamon at the rookie right. level to give that yep. extra memory when you attack and your opponent has a Digimon with no sources. But are there any um, any sort of tech choices or anything cool about the deck that you want to highlight? Anything you're kind of proud of? I can see there's some interesting choices in here. So. Yeah, actually. Um, so for rookie lineup, it's basically a pretty much cut and standard uh, for Balukamon, for Promogomamon, for the maximum memory gain. Uh and then where most people go for like 14 rookies with a 4-4-4-2 lineup with uh, other rookies like uh, the 2-drop Elecmon or 2-drop Gomamon and then a couple other 3-drops, I go for the, uh, what is it, 13, 13 rookies line yep. where I have 2 of the 2-drops and then 3 Sayakomons. Uh, mainly this is just more for, I'm not playing to be as aggressive and so I don't really need to be pushing out of the raising area as much as I need to and more often than not 13 rookies is plenty and I see way too many in my hand regardless <laughs> just because of the just because Upamon is such a busted card so is Takumi uh, I just have a lot of extra draw power in this in this deck than uh, most people realize uh, yeah that Upamon yeah. will draw you a lot of cards especially if you're um, if you're already trashing sources, like exactly, you can just exactly. Um, so going on to the level fours, um, this is probably where my deck list will differ the most from other ones, from other hexes. Most hexes will run at least a couple copies of the Paledramon card, um, which reads on Digivolution, uh, trash the bottom two source cards from the uh, one of your opponent's Digimon. It's, I think it's like a 4,000 2 to Digivolve for the hard play. Um, in my opinion, it's not that great. Uh, so what I went for, what I opted for was actually just a 4-4 line of blockers, four Grizzlymon, four Sealamons, and then I go with the three Lobomons. Uh, so this is like a super defensive line of play with the Sealamons doing a double role of being the one-cost one Digivolution and being a, a blocker as well. Yeah, really defensive. So you you don't feel that the Paeldramon was worth playing? Does it just not do enough, or why did you feel that it wasn't? In useful? in my opinion, four thousand for essentially being a starter Exudamon just wasn't enough for me, especially at, uh, as a level four at four thousand DP. A lot of things is going to kill it. Uh, like the Shoutmon DX is going to kill it. Uh, heck, uh, not Hexa. Um, Nidogmon will bottom tech it. So most of the times 
uh, people will trade out the Grizzlymons for the Peldramons, and that just makes the list so much weaker, in my opinion, just because a lot more champions do get blown up from, like, Antibody from... Or not Antibody, Alteras, uh, Nidhogg, and, like, Shoutmon. So I'm just trying to, like, mitigate how much I can get blown up by those removal sources or removal yeah. cards that I might run into. Awesome. I, I always love to hear people's thinking behind the choices that they make, especially when it's something that maybe, when it's a choice that not everybody is making. As you say, a lot of people sort of just include the Pale Dramon because they think, oh, well, you know, trash and sources. It obviously works with the Hexablam online. It's from that same right. line. But no, I like yeah. the conscious decision not to use it. It's always interesting to hear. Yeah. Um, something, something really important about this deck is knowing when to strip the sources. Because if you just go willy-nilly strip the sources, you're going to lose a lot of power later on, especially when you go into Hexa and you swing, you trash sources, you gain the memory then for an important play at that point. But if you strip the sources too early, there's nothing, no memory to get gained later on. So it's kind of like a balance of knowing when to strip and when not to, uh, when to just leave the stack alone for a little bit. Yeah. So uh, moving on, I guess, to the level fives looks fairly standard to me. I'm not super familiar with the Hexablau, but. Um, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> From the level five, level six, this is um, it's more of just like a when you what top end you decide to have, which will yeah. determine the level fives. Uh, if you go the all force route, you'll go with the Arrow Vizramon. Um, if you go with uh, any other um, mega mega level, it'll switch up here at the level fives the most. But basically, the core is going to be always four Chris Pelgermons, just because the um, Remove one from everything is just so powerful. And then uh, you can go three Wergarurumons just in case you have to build up in the raising and you don't want to waste a Chris Pelgermon Digivolve. Um, so I have a four Chris Pelgermon, three Wergarurumon. And then I, instead of the Pelgermons and the Aerovidramons, I decided to go with the Starter Deck Zudomons. And I have two of those. Yeah, so is that just for the extra? sort of Digivolution source trashing. I guess that's kind of what it, yeah. what it does. So just to... Yeah, so normally by the time I hit get to the level 5 level, or level 5s, um, they have, the, the opponent will have like their key Digimon building up, either in the raising or in the play area. So having the Zudomon ready to go at the level 5 just uh, lets me decide, okay, I'm going to cripple this one. You have to start all over in the raising. Go ahead. Or, yeah. Yeah. And then looking up at the level sixes, four Hexablaumon, which is, you know, it's the, the, main it's kind the of standard. Hex, right. So fair enough. And then why don't you talk us through the two level six choices there? What was the. Sure. Uh, so I have the four Hexablaumon, as mentioned before, which is the bread and butter. Um, and then. And then the interesting parts are I have one of BT 1.5 Vikemon. Um, this card is a 12 cost hard play for cost Digivolve 12,000. It has a your turn while your opponent has a Digimon with no Digivolution cards underneath it. Get this Digimon gets 1000 DP and plus one security check. So essentially 
in a hexablaumon list where they're going to have Digimon without sources, he's swinging for 13,000 with one uh, plus one security check. And that's not including any of the other um, inheritable effects that he'll get. So if you have a Wergurumon underneath him, he's swinging for three checks. Um, if you have a Wanyamon egg underneath him, he'll He'll, he can hit 15,000 DP, which is more than enough to, for most decks. Um, and then my other, other mega is just the, uh, starter deck to, uh, Plessium on, which is the 10 drop, 2 to evolve, 12,000 vanilla. So this is more of the, uh, the Plessium on is more for just, uh, turboing out the level sevens and also just having a 12k body in our deck just cause, uh, Hexablamons tend to have a 11k limit, I found. So as soon as the opponent hits 12k DP, they just decide to start uh, swinging with <laughs> swinging uh, nonstop. So I just decided to slap a couple 12,000 DPs megas in here just to, just in case. <laughs> Increase the odds of a security crash. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. To be honest, and then the Vikemon to give you just some. I mean, sometimes you just need to hit really hard. So exactly, you'd be you'd be surprised at how many people don't set up blockers against a Hexablow now, just because oh the sources are going to get stripped. <laughs> Might as well not even play the blockers at that point, and then a Vikemon comes out and goes three checks, thirteen k. Good luck. <laughs> All right. And then going into the level sevens, we yeah. got two two of the BT five Blitz Omnimons for the extra checks and closing out the games. Um, it also helps a lot against security control, uh, just because if you swing and you hit a guy of force, you can just pop the level six out from underneath it. Uh, just negate the destruction one time, gives it a nice nice little shield. So I have two of those, and then probably. One of the more interesting cards that I have in here is I have one copy of the BT5 X antibody. Um, it's it's definitely won me a lot of games. Um, it's a defensive card, surprisingly, because you can pass the turn with it and then still be able to block, quote-unquote, block attacks by discarding your own sources. So it does stall out the game a little bit in that sense. And then once it hits your, hits your turn, then you can uh, control the board a lot more just by swinging and deleting something else. Yeah, I I have played the X-Antibody in the past and I've found that really once you get it to stick, if your opponent doesn't have yeah. a plan or a way to kind of get around it, then it tends to take over a game just with that when attacking effect is so strong. Right, exactly. Exactly. And with like a Hexablamon... Most of the time, things are going to be stunned enough that the antibody will survive the turn anyway. Yeah, very nice. And then only three option cards, I'm seeing. Only three options, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm running... So most people actually only run... Generally only run two Absolute Plus mm-hmm. and the odd Hammer Spark here or there. Uh, I'm only running, I'm actually running no hammer sparks, which is, yeah, I just don't feel, (laughs) uh, yeah. So the reason is I just, I just look at the card. I look at like 
all the matchups. There's green with Terriermon, there's black with Chumon, and then there's purple with uh, Gazimon. There's just so many lists right now that'll run the memory blockers that it's just not worth it to have four copies of Hammerspark in my deck, especially when it doesn't do anything in my hand. It won't draw me any extra cards. Um, so I'd rather just use that card space for more efficient things, especially in NA where at least, I don't know about you, but over in my locals, there's just a ton of black deck players for some reason. I have no <laughs> idea why. It's every single round I just go, I, I see like two two black decks and then like a purple deck and I'm like, all right, Hammer Strike was useless here, so I'm glad it's out of my deck. So, yeah. So instead of the Hammer Sparks, I'm running two Kakaidas Breaths and one Absolute Blast. Uh, Kakaidas Breath is more for the instances where you don't have enough Sora Joes out to trash all the sources and you just need to get rid of the body on the board. So you just go... I, I'll give you four four memory, five memory, but you lose a gigantic stack and you have to start all over again. Yeah. And if you do yeah. <laughs> if you do that enough times then obviously they're gonna run out of pieces to put on. <laughs> yeah. Um the the Kakaitis breath it's easy to um think maybe it's not as good as some other removal options because it just bounces back to hand, but losing the stack can hurt a yes. lot if your opponent does not have the ability to rebuild, that it can really slow them down, even if it doesn't necessarily remove the threat forever. It can remove it for long enough. Yeah, exactly, and that long enough period is exactly what I'm going for with the list. Especially since you can obviously slow your opponent down so much with what looks to be a really defensive version of the list with the eight blockers, the X antibody on top right. of already the Hexablamon is obviously acting very controlly and slowing the opponent down. So Right. But then I still have the uh, offensive capabilities with yeah. Vikemon and Plessy into the Blitz Omni. So and even the jamming on the Hexablau is still a very offensive mm. text bit of text that you need to that someone always has to watch out for. Oh, it's the it's the part of the text that I always forget about when I'm playing against oh, yeah. it every single oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then for the rest of my cards I just have the standard four four Sora Joes and then one copy of the Takumi Aiba. Just in case the rookie rush comes in and I'm not ready for it. Uh Aiba just helps save this game. And, you know, worst case scenario, draws you a bunch of cards as well. Exactly. And it's cheap, so yeah. might as well. Yeah. Good. Nice as a one-of. Exactly. So that is the deck. And with your permission, obviously, we'll hopefully have that list available for our listeners to have a look at as well. Oh, yeah. It can be absolutely. hard to... Follow it just in audio. I've found <laughs> yeah. so I do like to put the visual list out there. So yeah, absolutely, go for it. Um, so then, I guess the next thing I wanted to talk about was your actual matchups. I know the event was a while ago now, but if we could dig deep into your memory <laughs> and maybe um, think back to what your what your rounds were like and talk us through uh, how it all went. Sure. Um, so, what was it? I think round one. So my first round was against a 
a deep brigade yellow rookie rush style deck. Um, I, I've heard about it. I've never actually played against it. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me, uh, playing against it, it felt a lot less controlly than the standard yellow green list. Um, sure, you got the commander mons into the dark germans with rush into the Zord defeats, but um, same thing. Um, same thing as any rookie rush. You're sooner or later going to run out of levels to digivolve into. Sure, you have the level six into level seven option, but um, there's just not enough digivolution sources to really protect you for long against the Hexavlau. So um, that one was a relatively simple match. Um, there was a very close moment when I was at zero security against his zero security on his turn. And he just needed one digivolution to do it, but uh, uh, luck was on my side, and he just didn't have it. So I got I got the victory there, round one against the rookie rush. Round two, I went against a against a more standard uh, deeper grade deck. Um, I don't know what it is about me and playing against uh, black decks, but it just has to happen, I guess. Well, the uh, <laughs> the spread of decks in the event, looking at the deck list submissions and just looking at what people were playing, was really interesting. Like you think of oh, BT really? five, yeah, you think of BT five, you think like what Lord Nightmon, Lord Nightmon, Shoutmon, yeah. I um I don't have all the deck lists. I think I I'm still trying to get those off of our judges and when i say that it's not that they've failed in any way i just haven't <laughs> gotten around to actually asking them for it so a judge just did a great job let's not uh, them. i have not gotten around to getting all those deck lists together so i don't know the whole spread but mm. i don't think anyone was playing lord nightmon i don't know that anyone oh, wow. brought shoutmon um, it was re- like there was no security control it was really Jeez. like Hexaglamon was, I think, the most represented deck. There were three or four of them being played. And then, yeah, there was like that D-Brigade thing a couple of people were playing. It was a really interesting spread. So it made for some really interesting matches to watch. Right, yeah. Did not know what to never seen the cards. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So the second match was against one of the D-Brigade decks. And you said it was seemed to be more standard without, I guess, without the yellow mix that's becoming pretty popular. Yep, yep, yep. It was without the yellow mix. Um, but again, uh, that style of deck doesn't generally have too many sources. So a lot of my abilities got activated. So inheritables got powerful. And then I just kind of uh, chunked through their security pretty quickly. Yeah. So a pretty good draw for your first two rounds from the sound of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, decks, decks that I'm relatively stronger against yeah. in the first two rounds. Nice. And then round three was the very interesting matchup with the mirror match. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, have you played, I, I guess I should ask, have you played the Hexablamon deck a lot? Like, is that kind of the deck that you're maining at the moment? Or? Uh, I've actually played the source control deck since BT1. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. So, so, so I, I know my way around the cards. So um, when you're going into a mirror match with that... Um, with that deck, what what's your considerations? Like, you see that it's the mirror match. What are you starting to think about? What are you worried about? It really depends on the board state. Um, so if they have a level 5 in the raising with a Sword Joe, uh, I can't hard player put them to 3 because Hexa 
into a swing means my hex is now cut off from the game. Um, so it really just depends if they're if if it's gone a couple turns and they don't have a level six to go into, and they're just pushing out bodies, then I'll it'll put I'll push out and try to do as much damage as I can with the Digimon that I have. But it 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 just depends on who sees the hexa first, and if they if we both see the hexa at the same time, it's whoever pushes out the hexa from the raging area last. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a nice game of chicken there. Um, seeing the Sora Joe super early also helps a lot, just because you can threaten the, like I said, the Hexa into swing trash all the sources, and suddenly your Mega is locked out from the game. So it feels like reading the board state is especially important in that. Exactly. Matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So clearly you were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so game, I actually remember, I think game one, uh, he just wasn't able to sustain his Hexablaumon uh, enough. The, so I was able to keep my Hexablaumon stack survived, surviving a lot longer than his. So I was able to lock out his board faster. Game two, I bricked. Um, nothing more to say about that one. Uh, but... Uh, I I saw the rookie too late. I had the everything yeah. else, but at that point he had Hexablaumon and the Mirage Galgamon out. So as you said, it's not- a bit of a race up to the Hexablaumon. So the brick is especially painful there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if if since I didn't see the Hexablaumon, he was just going straight to Hexa, mm-hmm. and he just swung with impunity into my security. Uh, and then game three was actually a reverse reverse. We both had pretty decent lines up, but I saw the Hexa first, and he just never saw the Hexa, so I just closed out the game from there. Um, well, take this moment to interject and just ask, because I always find it interesting talking to people about um, about this. Bricking can happen. It does happen, you know, especially over the course of a longer event your chances of getting those bad hands just goes up and up and up so i like to ask right. people what when what is your game plan with hexablaumon for if you do brick like do you have sort of an idea in your head of what what your strategy is going to be if you don't see that good early setup yeah um so generally for me what i'll end up doing is turn one Turn one's generally the really good time to just give them a lot of memory and just mm-hmm. say, have at it, just because they can't push out a raising area at all. Uh, so turn one generally, just give them a lot of memory, let them do whatever they need to do with it. Yeah. And then turn two, depending on how much memory they give, I like to set up my tamers at that point. So turn one, I could go hard play Grizzlymon, give them five, hard play Chris Pelgemon, give them eight. Um, Generally, turn one, those guys are going to survive. I'll probably end, start my turn with one or two memory, which sucks, but it is the state of the game. Uh, and then, depending on what happens, I'll either try to hard pu- or set up my tamers by playing Sora Joe past turn, or if I need to, I'll uh, just keep hard playing or digivolving on top of the guys that I played out and try to stabilize from there. Yeah, so... Well, I've just lost my sound there, so I won't be able to hear you for a second. My cat is meowing at the door, and I'm trying to sort a million things all at once. But um, <laughs> oh, there we go. 
Um, yeah, I, I just always find it interesting to talk to people about what their game plan is for mm. a, a brick scenario because you know, there's, yeah. a, there's always well, seems to be that kind of discussion going around somewhere. Like, oh, does did you want to need a mulligan? Does you know? Do you I... want to... That. That, that's a, that's a, that's an entirely different can of worms. I yeah, but it see it's so tied in. It seems to always be tied in with the idea of like bricking is bricking. People yeah. say, oh, bricking's really painful. If you don't have a level three, you're basically like locked out of the game. And I just think it's not. It's just not you're, true. Like you're never. No, it's what's not. great about did you want to never really locked out of the game? The memory system yeah. means that you can always you, like, hard play something. So exactly, I just always find um, it interesting to talk to people about how to get out of those brick scenarios. I think it's something where it's so easy to panic and Mm -hmm. sort of give up on that particular round. But, yeah, I think it's just important for our listeners to be aware that you really shouldn't just give up on the round necessarily. You don't don't give up. You you definitely try to play (laughs) to your your best. Um, uh, I think that actually ties pretty well into my round four. Round four, I didn't see a rookie turn one. but then I had a Takumi, so I just played the Takumi turn one past two memory, which is relatively fine for a turn one. Yeah. And then turn two, I just drew and got the rookie from there. And then all proceeded normally. Um, but yeah, uh, very briefly, I'm just going to be just going to say that I'm on the side of this game doesn't need a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll tend to come down on that side as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without getting too much into it, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, what what was the deck that you were playing against round four? Sorry, round four was the Ragnarok Mon. Oh yes, that was a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, BT five Ragnarok Mon. What, what were you thinking Ragnar. when you sat down across from that? Um, I was I was actually the most scared for that one just because I know Ragna has the nasty habit of uh, surprise putting more sources underneath it when I don't want it to. <laughs> But um, I guess I saw my I saw the hexa really quickly game one or yeah game one, and then I was able to just protect it with blockers. So even if he did get into the Ragna or into the um, or anything that could swing over it, I had the blocker just in case to protect it. Yeah, very nice. So did you were you trying to play a bit more defensively against the Ragna or? Like what was your what was your strategy? Because it's an odd matchup. People don't play it as much anymore. Right, exactly. Uh, so my strategy was basically, um, so when they if they push out of the raising, that's when they're vulnerable. So what I do, what I did was, I actually use the starter deck Zuromons a lot more to like uh, trash two instead of one with the Chris Pelgermon. Mm. So that way, even if they do hit the level 6 uh, mega level, it's just one swing from the Hexabomon and suddenly the level 6 can't swing. And then at that point, it's just more of a matter of um, protecting the Hexablau if they get into the Ragnalordmon. Because so, even if they go on the Ragna or Ragna on the level 6, that's still only two sources. So one swing from the Hexablaumon can tra- take it out of the game forever. Very nice. Uh, yeah, so Ragna Ragna's source limit is at, I believe it's six. Uh, six sources, and then yeah, I think I think you're right because it puts one underneath when it goes up into the 
regular yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be six sources. So just trying to maintain, like, try to keep it at, like, two source maximum stack uh, makes it a lot more manageable for a hexablamon that doesn't have storage gel. Um, uh, aside from that, uh, if I'm not able to take out the sources, Kakaida's Breath is always there. So uh, both games, I do believe I had a Kakaida's in hand just in case I wasn't able to remove the sources. And <laughs> Ragnalordmon was notorious for uh, not having, not seeing the the right levels at the right time. So <laughs> even even back in 1.5. <laughs> yeah, so. Not not too bad a matchup then. Interesting, yeah. but I guess, as yep. you say, just kind of playing to your strengths, keeping it at that at that manageable level, which I think is yeah. interesting. Just the conscious decision to be like, okay, this is where mm-hmm. this is my safety level. Like this is where I can keep it and still be okay. Right. Uh, I feel like a lot of players in Digimon actually play for the turn they're playing instead of trying to set up for the next turn. Uh, I, I, mm. I do think Hexablamon is a deck that plays to set up for the next turn. So if you can set up the board state, even if you take some damage, it's perfectly fine to take some damage if you're basically uh, setting your board up to take control the next turn over. Granted, there's things like security that uh, screws up your entire game plan. But... <laughs> <laughs> As long as you don't run into too many significant hurdles, um, playing playing Hexa as like a next turn kind of thing, kind of deck, definitely sees me the most amount of success. Have you seen a lot of success in other events with Hexa Blamon then? Uh, yeah, so every single event I, I do, I take Hexa Blamon. Mm-hmm. Um so I actually got my store championship with Hexablamon oh, wow. up in North America. Yeah. Congratulations. So in that one, I ran up against... Thanks. So that one I ran up against Green Control, uh, Lord Nightmons, and I was just able to lock out their boards, just like I mentioned here, just keep them at a manageable level, play for the next turn. I'm sure you take some damage, but as long as you protect your key pieces, it's pretty simple to just control the board from there on out. Wow. Well, it, it sounds like from the way you were um, from the way you were describing your rounds, it sounds like you were fairly in control through the whole uh, through the whole event. Was there any like what was the what was the scariest moment through the event? Were there any moments where you thought, oh. "Oh, maybe I'm gonna not actually gonna be able to win here"? Or uh, there was actually a couple. <laughs> um, so there was one actually in round one. When I placed, when I faced the Deep Brigade Rookie Rush, uh, that one turn, or the turn before I won, I was at zero security. He had five Digimon on the board. Uh, granted, they all had no sources, so I was relatively okay. But he was stuck at, I think he was at four or five security. Uh, and so I just had to make the decision to, okay, if I hit, if I hit into a Spiral Masquerade in security, I lose. So. <laughs> It was it was a hard decision to swing four times into a rookie rush security, but uh, it paid off for me. So that was, that was moment one, and the moment two was in the hexa mirror because I know Oceania. 
has had that hexa hexa blow up with the <laughs> first place regionals. Yeah, it seems to be everywhere. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Mm. <laughs> now that Black won the NA regional, there's just black decks everywhere here. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which is just so interesting. I love the regional kind of variations you get. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but aside from that, no, there wasn't really too many, too many moments in there where I thought, oh, I've lost control of this game. So I felt pretty in control most of the tournament. Very good. Well, we're, I guess we're coming up on BT6. Well, for, yes. for us here in for, for me, for a lot yeah. of people. I mean, <laughs> yeah, obviously, we already have it, but for you, it's coming up. Are you uh-huh. sticking with the Hexablamon going into that Azulong variant, or what's your plan going forward? Uh, what's the deck going to look like? You say you've stuck with Source Control since yeah, I will the early be sticking days, with Source so, Control. Yeah. I, I will be sticking with Source Control, basically, until they stop printing cards for it. <laughs> <laughs> so my idea for... BT6 source control is actually just pretty similar to this one. I, the the list I have here, it's more just adding the Majiramons, mm-hmm. which is the when you have a di- Digimon with no sources, unsuspend this guy. So um, I'm actually n- not a big fan of adding multiple copies of a Zulong one. Yeah. I I think it's a good uh good as a one of. Just as a surprise move, mm. um, but I don't think having multiple copies will help you. Just because of there's Chumans, there's Terriermons, there's Gazimons, and I think Madoki Betamon comes out this step too. It does, yes. Yeah, so blue blue has a counter to a Zulongmon too. So <laughs> <laughs> so having a five cost Digivolve is gonna be rough to pull off. Yeah. I will be sticking with a Vikemon. Just because having four security checks with the Majiramon is very nice. <laughs> oh yeah, that, mm-hmm. those are numbers then, that are just crazy yeah. to think of in blue. <laughs> exactly right. You, you you don't look at a blue list and think, "Oh, I'm going to lose my entire stack at this point." <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's there's some combos I want to pull off with the new Gizamon card and the Wanyamon card. Which both give plus two thousand DP when there's yeah. no Digimon, yeah. So with those two, a Hexablamon hits fifteen K. And then I was tossing with some ideas of adding the Dolphmon from BT one back into my oh, list. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Interesting. Just to hit the sixteen K limit for uh the nasty Wyvern's breath. <laughs> oh, that thing's gross. Yeah, it is. It's disgusting. Because what Yellow uh, but, really needed was Gaia Force. Exactly, but, right? <laughs> they they just needed a Gaia Force, but better. <laughs> Far out. Yeah. Well, it sounds like there's good things on the horizon for Source Control, then. Well, I'm just toying with ideas right now. Yeah. I don't know if they're good or not yet. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Exactly. But I'll be watching with interest, I'm sure. Uh-oh. Well, now that the eyes on me, I gotta, I gotta step up to the plate now, huh? <laughs> awesome. Um, well, thank you for that. Hopefully, for our listeners, that was really interesting. I know I found it really interesting. It's um, always, always fun to hear people's thought processes and 
especially you seem to be, um, I guess, because you've been playing the deck for so long, very knowledgeable about the ins and outs of the decks. And so it's really great to hear um, somebody with that level of knowledge talk about the way that they play the game. Um, I'm sure that for all all the listeners at home, and definitely for myself, uh, this has been a kind of a level up sort of a moment hearing that kind of... (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So... Thank you very much. Thank you for participating in the tournament as well. Um, yeah. And then th- probably, a, I guess, a good decision for you to join up. I saw that it was a somewhat of a last-minute sign-up. Yeah, actually. Mm-hmm. So I woke up that day and I checked my locals Discord and I saw BBCJG post about it. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm free. Might as well sign <laughs> up. <laughs> as well. And, uh, Casually yeah, might as well. the whole thing. Yeah, I was not expecting to do that. I was expecting... Not the meta that showed up. <laughs> I don't think anybody was expecting the meta yeah. that showed up. If you go back to the the stream, uh, Deborah right. and I were very confused as to the oh, yeah. spread of decks, but it was it, it was great. It was like a, it was an event yeah. unlike many others that you would see for BT five, which exactly yeah, hopefully made it as fun to play in as it was to was to watch. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to play in. Thanks for hosting it. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Seriously, just a, a great time. Happy to do it. Um, nice. Excellent. Well, with that, I think we will come to the end of our episode here. Unless, is there anything, I, I don't suppose, is there anything you want to promote or shout out? Or... Um, so I do stream, I used to stream a lot on Twitch when the whole tournament season came up, twitch.tv slash icebarrier underscore. Um, if you have any questions about the deck list or about the matchups of Hexa, uh, reach out to me on Discord, um, Ice Barrier on Discord as well. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, no, not really. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll have uh, have links to that in the show notes as well. So we'll put that Twitch stream in there. Are you planning to stream anytime soon? I haven't in a while. Uh, I probably won't be streaming until PT6 drops, but I will be streaming the NA regionals when that, whenever that shows up in January. Well, so look out for that. Yeah, so follow Ice Barrier on Twitch and look out for that. That will be exciting. Yes, sir. We'll see if Source Control can take down the regionals. <laughs> oh, God, I'm just looking to do enough to qualify for Worlds. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, um, we like to wrap up every episode with a question to our listeners because they've definitely heard enough from us and now <laughs> I would like to hear from them. Uh, putting you on the spot, is there anything you'd like to ask of our listeners? Oh. I know, I uh, didn't prep you on this. So. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> um, let's see, let's just go with the good old standard. Yeah. What's your favorite deck of bt6 and if you haven't gotten it yet what is your what is the deck that you're looking forward to most <laughs> Heck yeah. i don't know if that one's been asked already but uh well, repeats never hurt <laughs> no so what is your favorite deck of bt6 or if you're living in a part of the world that doesn't have bt6 yet what are you most looking forward to Definitely interested to hear about that. Uh, I think our listeners well and truly know what I'm playing in BT6, which is mostly <laughs> Jess one because I'm oh, yeah. red at heart. Uh, I've been playing red since BT1, similarly to how oh, yeah. 
been playing blue so blue okay so yeah. we've, we're just red and blue yeah. <laughs> all the way <laughs> so yeah i've been playing that a bit it's been a lot of fun like i know that there's kind of a oh it's the best deck and it's annoying to mm. play against because it's just the best and yeah it is annoying to play against but <laughs> i've heard i've heard the other way of bond of friendship being oh, the best yeah. deck but, yeah, it's just a toss-up between the two. I Probably guess. a toss-up, yeah. Uh, Bond of Friendship tends to have the edge over Jessmon, I've found. So if you're expecting uh, to play against a lot of Jessmon, maybe that's a way to look. Mm, that okay. is also a fun deck. <laughs> I have built a Bond of Friendship deck as well, and that is very fun. Although, historically, I have very bad luck with my draws, which uh-huh. so does not suit me well with the Bond of Friendship deck. I think it needs right. slightly more luck on the uh, on the draws there than I tend to have. Right, exactly. Either that or just add 15 search cards. Well, yeah. yeah. Maybe that's just, the way to go. Yeah, just stack your hand yeah. in the exact same way you want to do it, right? <laughs> yeah, easy. Awesome. Well, listeners, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, or concerns, then, of course, there are many ways to reach us. You can email us, memorygagepodcast at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group, Memory Gauge Podcast. You can tweet at me at Connor EFMG or join our group here on Discord, which is always growing and is a, is a really good community. There's always people there who are willing to talk Digimon and help out with deck lists and stuff. So re- if you're not already on the Discord, I would highly recommend joining it because it is a, it is a great little community and I am always checking it. I'm addicted. So <laughs> definitely the quickest and easiest way to reach me. Um, new episodes of this show come out each and every week, so make sure that you're following us on your podcast service of choice so that you don't miss an episode. And don't forget, our 50th episode is coming up, so if you would like to have your message of congratulations or your message telling us why you like the podcast featured in that episode, I'm hoping to do a bit of a celebratory uh, message reading in that episode, make sure to get that to me through your preferred uh, social media method or on the Discord by November 12th because that will be the close off the cutoff date and then I'll be putting those into the episode. And I think I, whenever I'm doing an interview, it's on a different computer, so I never have my script in front of me. I believe that's all of the <laughs> all of the socials information, but if Everything will be, of course, in the show notes, the links to all that, if you're chasing those. Um, thank you again, Ice Maria, for being in the event and then for agreeing to come on today. Ah. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Excellent. Alrighty, everybody. This is the Memory Gauge logging out.